Welcome to the Mental Notes Show, the show for ambitious moms ready to break the cycle of anxiety for themselves and their families. I've been in your shoes. I know the weight of holding it all together for a family when you're barely holding it together for yourself. And sometimes it can feel lonely and overwhelming. I'm your host, Deanna Pacina. I'm a certified parenting coach, behavioral consultant, counselor in training, and wife and mom. I know what it's like to feel alone in parenting an anxious child. I thought I could do it all on my own, but it was learning how to manage my anxiety and connect with a community that made all the difference in how I show up for myself and my family. This podcast is your sanctuary, a place where we get real about the struggles and triumphs of parenting anxious kids while managing our own personal growth. We'll dive deep into communication hacks, identifying those sneaky triggers, and creating a home that's more peace and less chaos. So grab your favorite cup of something warm and let's go. Well, hey there, friends, and welcome to episode three of the Mental Notes podcast. I'm so glad to have you here today. Today, we're going to be looking at what is the number one thing that you need to know about anxiety. And we're going to be really looking at things that as moms who struggle with anxiety and have anxious children that we need to understand because really understanding the root of our anxiety is the first step in being able to address it. But before we get started, I want to just tell you the number one thing up front. The number one thing that you need to know about anxiety is you didn't cause it. It's not your fault. You didn't cause it in your child. There's not something that you're doing to make it worse. And I want you to just drop the shame that you might feel around this issue and know that you are not alone. There are so many people who struggle with these issues and the more open we can be about them, then the more we can begin to heal. So we're going to be looking at the definition of anxiety, some causes and symptoms, and a strategy that can help address it. So what is anxiety? We all know that anxiety is a feeling of worry or fear. It makes us feel tense or nervous or restless. It happens in stressful situations or when we're unsure about something. And everybody is going to experience anxiety at some point in life. It's a normal feeling when we get excited about things or we're worried about something. Everyone knows what anxiety feels like. But people with anxiety disorders, it's different because we have intense, excessive and persistent worry and fear about situations that on the outside might look like an everyday thing and people might wonder why you're worried about it. But when you have someone who deals with an anxiety disorder, those little things actually become really big things that can cause intense anxiety and fear or terror that can spike within minutes. So much so that those feelings interfere with daily activities. It can become difficult to control them. They are out of proportion to the actual danger that you might be in, and they can last for a long time. You might find yourself avoiding situations to prevent those feelings. And, you know, if you have a child who's dealing with anxiety, you probably are aware of the triggers or the things that pop up for them. Is it the same time of day at school where they have a certain class and they're starting to feel nervous and they text you because they're feeling overwhelmed? Is it a situational thing that, you know, being in a large crowd is hard for them? So a lot of times symptoms will start during childhood and the teen years and they continue into adulthood. 
there are several different types of anxiety disorders. We have general anxiety disorder, social anxiety disorder, specific phobias, and separation anxiety disorder. People can have more than one disorder. And also, it's important to recognize, too, that sometimes anxiety can result from medical conditions that need treatment. So it's not just a psychological, it's also a physiological disorder. So what are some of the causes of anxiety? Well, it can have both psychological and physical causes. When we talk about the physical causes of anxiety, it can result from things like imbalances in serotonin and dopamine. There are other factors like genetics. Now, just because you have the genes for anxiety doesn't mean that you will have anxiety, but it means that you are more likely to develop it, especially if there's something in your life that triggers it. For one of my children, it was a really bad storm when he was in kindergarten that it was like literally like a light switch was turned on and his anxiety just went through the roof and has pretty much continued that way. There are also medical conditions that can contribute to anxiety. So if you're dealing with anxiety or your child with anxiety, going and being evaluated by a medical professional is important so that you can rule out if there might be any physical causes. Now, in terms of psychological causes, anxiety starts in our brain. We have this tiny little almond-shaped structure called the amygdala. And the amygdala is responsible for processing emotions, including fear. And that's a really good thing because when you think about our primitive responses of fight, flight, or freeze that prepares our bodies to flee if we think we're going to be attacked or harmed, it can be a good thing. But when that response is triggered, when it's not needed, or when it's out of proportion to what's actually happening, then that's what can lead to anxiety. In addition, chronic stress and trauma and other psychological factors can contribute to anxiety. And I'm going to do another whole episode on the brain and how it works and the difference between amygdala-based anxiety and cortex-based anxiety. So amygdala is like that instant where something happens, you wake up in the middle of the night and you see a dark shadow in the corner and immediately you have this panic response and you turn the light on and you realize it's just a jacket and you can in the you know in the moment reason like oh okay I'm not really in danger that ability to reason gets turned off when you are dealing with that anxiety that's coming from your amygdala we can also have cortex behaviors that trigger that fear in the amygdala it's those patterns of thoughts that get stuck on repeat over and over and over again. So for example, my son went through a period of time where the weather was something that was absolutely terrifying for him. And it didn't matter what I said, if he saw dark clouds in the sky, he instantly went into panic mode. And so those thoughts can come from things like negative self-talk, avoidance behavior, and negative experiences. In addition to making sure that you are evaluated Medically, you should also consider seeking out counseling to address those psychological causes and participate in things like cognitive behavior therapy to help treat the anxiety disorders. Now, when we talk about anxiety and the prevalence of anxiety disorders in children, the CDC states that anxiety disorders are the most common mental health disorder in children, affecting approximately 7.1% of children ages 13 to 17 in the United States. Now, the issue is when we have long-term untreated childhood anxiety, it can cause additional consequences like 
academic problems, social problems, and emotional problems. Research shows that children with untreated anxiety are more likely to struggle in school, have difficulty making friends, and face a higher risk of developing other mental health issues in adulthood. So when we're dealing with a child who has anxiety, early intervention and getting them into counseling is something that's going to be very beneficial to help them break those patterns of those anxious thoughts. Looking back, I can see with my son that anxiety is something that's always been there. Like I said, it was triggered by weather, but it manifested in things like wanting to wear the same clothes to school every day or being afraid that he didn't put on enough deodorant or getting stuck on certain thoughts. And as a little guy, his teachers always identified it as ADHD. I believed what they were telling me, and we focused on him having ADHD when all along it's the things that he was dealing with were, were more along the lines of anxiety. So early intervention is one of the most important things that we can do because it will prevent anxiety from becoming more severe and chronic. And the sooner that we can help rather than later, it can prevent anxiety from worsening over time. So what are some signs to watch for? You might be in a situation like I was where you, you know, people are telling you that your child can't sit down, can't be quiet, and they think it's ADHD when it's actually anxiety. There might be things that you're noticing like changes in sleep patterns, school refusal, excessive worry over things that to you don't seem like a really big deal. And I think sometimes it's easy to write those things off with children as, oh, it's just a developmental issue when there actually might be a little bit more going on. I want to stress to you, as a mom, you know your child more than anybody else. And so it's really important that you trust your instincts and seek help if you notice any of these signs. Anxiety can look like feeling nervous, restless, or tense having a sense of impending danger, panic, or doom that is not relative to the situation that somebody is in, an increased heart rate, breathing rapidly, sweating, trembling, being tired, trouble concentrating or thinking about anything other than the present worry. So that's an example of where trouble concentrating is something that can also look like ADHD having trouble sleeping, gastrointestinal problems, difficulty controlling worry, and trying to avoid things that trigger their anxiety. We have these, as a result of all of these different symptoms that are going on, what's happening is there are thought patterns that are going on inside our brains as well. Those thought patterns are recurring thoughts and beliefs that shape our perception of reality. So, for example, with my son, when he would see a dark cloud, the thought that he had was that something bad was going to happen and he needed to get himself out of that situation and flee from it. And it took changing those thoughts for him to let go of that fear of the weather. Negative thought patterns can also show up as catastrophizing, always seeing the worst in the situation overgeneralizing can fuel anxiety as well. You know, it's like I failed once, so I am a failure in all things. It can also show up as somatization, which is feeling sick or feeling like I'm going to throw up or feeling like I have to go to the bathroom. When you're looking at helping your child deal with their anxiety, 
it's really important that we focus on changing the thought patterns. And it's not enough just to try to reason with them that a fear of a cloud outside is completely irrational because in their mind, the thought pattern is that it is dangerous. And until we can change that thought pattern, they're going to continue thinking the same things over and over again. So let's look at an example of a child who was worried about failing a test. Their thought pattern is, I'm going to fail this test and then I'll fail the class and then I'll never get into a good college. So they are overgeneralizing and they are catastrophizing. This one thing will destroy my life. And, you know, we know as parents that that's not true, that one mistake is something that you can learn from. It doesn't have this domino effect that they create in their minds. So a small worry spirals into a worst case scenario and that thought pattern increases their anxiety and then it can even become a self-fulfilling prophecy because they're so anxious that they can't focus on studying and they're so convinced that that is what is going to come to light and be the truth that they live into that. So how do we help them? How do we help our kids change those negative thought patterns? And this is something that we can use for ourselves too. It's been a game changer for me to really be able to analyze my thoughts. So the first thing that you need to be able to do is identify the negative thought. So when a child is catastrophizing, you might say, it sounds like you're really worried about this test. Can, can we talk about what you're thinking? And then challenge the negative thought. So that's step two. So step one is identify the negative thought. Step two is challenge the negative thought. Ask your child to consider the evidence for and against their worry. You might ask, is it true that failing one test means you'll fail the class? Have you failed tests before and still done okay in the class? Or have you thought you were going to fail a test before and it wound up that you didn't? Step three is to replace that negative thought with a more realistic one. Help your child come up with a more balanced thought. You might suggest something like, it's possible that you might not do as well as you hope on the test, but it doesn't mean that you'll fail the class. You can always ask for help, study more for the next test, or even retake the test. Then step four is to practice the new thought pattern. Encourage your child to repeat the new thought to themselves whenever they start to worry about the test. I find that writing it down is really powerful. There's something about seeing something on paper that separates it from yourself and it makes it easier to take it in. So having your child write these steps down is also going to help reinforce that more positive thought pattern. But it's really important that we remember that changing thought patterns takes time and practice. I always have said, think about how hard it is for adults when we try to make behavior changes. You know, if we, I'm, I'm not going to drink soda. And then it's like all we can think about is drinking soda. And it's hard to make those changes. And so we have to provide our children with a little bit of grace and empathy and patience as we work on this together to help them reframe those negative thoughts. You really need to have consistency patience and self-compassion in the process of working with your child to change thought patterns or in working with yourself to change your thought patterns. So today we looked at understanding what anxiety is, what it looks like, what are some things that we can do to manage it. And the, remember, the number one thing is it's not your fault. You didn't cause this. You didn't make it happen. 
Most of all, remember, as a mom, you know your child. Trust your instincts. Seek help when needed. And really know that it's your job to advocate for your child's mental health. And if teachers are telling you that they're seeing something at school, look at it through a lens of, is this what I'm seeing at home? Because what you're seeing at home in terms of anxiety can present itself completely different in a school environment because kids are going to hold themselves together when they're around other people. And then when they're with us as their parents, we're their safe space. We're the space where they can show their worst behavior and they know that we love them. And so they save that for us. And as parents, we are the ones who get to deal with it. And that's okay because that's what we're there for. We need to be that safe space for our children so that we can help them rewire those negative thoughts. But remember, you're not alone on this journey. I've been there. I'm still there. And so are other countless moms. If you're looking for a community to join, head over to the Mental Notes community on Facebook. I will drop a link in the show notes. And if today's episode resonated with you, consider sharing it with someone who needs to hear it. Also, I'd love it if you would leave a review. I'm a words of affirmation kind of person. So if you found value in today's episode, a review would be great. And until next time, remember, you are not alone. You're not failing. You're learning. And so is your child.